Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one and only Dr. Vanessa Owens on the show. And she's going to uh, share her story, share a lot of wisdom and uh, bring, bring a lot of joy to you guys. So share this out. I appreciate y'all being here and stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, and let me bring Dr. Owens on. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. Good morning. It's an honor to have you here. And just It's so an honor for me to be here. Thank you. Just so everybody knows, you were busy sharing this out <laughs> when we came yes. on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And we already have some people on here who are also sharing it out. So thank you so much for that. So, so Vanessa, you were referred to me by our mutual friend, Mark Victor Hansen. Um, yes. And, and you've got a lot of amazing things going on. But I, I want to, um, I, I, you know, this show, I started this about three and a half years ago. And, and it was literally to give back to the world, to help people get unstuck, to have a breakthrough in life. And so I'd love to start with you telling a little bit of your story, like start with where you were born and raised. I was born and raised in Virginia, a little community called New Light in the section of Virginia Beach of Virginia. At that time, it was Princess Anne County. Mm, nice. My my brother spent 10 years over in that area as as a, as a, a Navy guy. You guys have a lot of Navy guys. I, I remember him him telling me that there were people in the Virginia Beach, Hampton Roads area that had signs in their um, in their yards that said dogs and sailors keep off grass or something like that. <laughs> so so what was it like for you growing up in in the Virginia Beach area? That's a I love that area. It's beautiful. Well, when you say Virginia Beach, immediately everybody think oceanfront, um, the boardwalk, cotton yeah. candy, and things of that nature. But I was literally, really, we were. I was raised in a rural community. My community was an agricultural community, and the people made their livings, their livelihoods, off of the earth. So it was um, tomatoes, cucumbers, collards strawberries, anything that was seasonal, that was the type of environment that um, we lived in. And I, I came from a pretty good home, really good home. Wow. I had good parents, were, were, yes. Were, you, were your parents farmers then? or My parents were not farmers. My parents were domestic people. My mom was a domestic worker and my father was a mechanic. Okay. So speaking of the agriculture, that was the environment of the community. That was how the younger people made their they're living um, by working the fields. Wow. 
So, so you, so you grew up, sounds like you grew up in a, in a great home. Um, and you, you, um, I, I'm assuming you went to school in that area, high school and, and graduated from that area. Well, yes and no. Um, school was a little different. It became difficult around the sixth grade. That was when the, um, when we went into mandatory integration, which created a massive um, problem for a lot of us. It was not a smooth sailing situation going from an all black school to an integrated school or system. It, it, it created more problems than it did help, honestly. Oh, my God. So I, was I, the, I was one of the people that, that got the blunt of that. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. I have never spoken to anyone who actually lived that. Yes, yes. Wow. It, it was one of the most traumatic times of my life. Um, and it was, a, it was a system and a law that the system and the law had not prepared for. I, it was an awful time for me. There were about 11 of us out of a community of about maybe 400 that were allowed before it became mandatory it, 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 that were allowed to attend the um, integrated schools, the white schools. And Virginia Beach did something a little different. It, it gave our parents the options of allowing us to go before it became mandatory. It was a voucher system. And it was not one of those things that was thought through. You know, it was it was horrible. I, I had a it wasn't a nightmare. It was a living mare. But I made it. I made wow. it. Yes. Yes. I can't. Uh, I can't even. I can't. I can't imagine. I don't think most people can imagine that. It was. It was not a far cry from. Um, any of the things that you saw during the era of school on television that you saw during the school integration, the people were different and no one was prepared. And the thing that really, I think, hindered a lot of us for me, for instance, my father said, OK, when you go there, there's no fighting. You, you can't fight. And of course, you never talk back. I was one of that class that you did what you were told. And that if anything happened, I don't. I, I couldn't say today that it was the total fault or total blame of the students. It was the adults that did not protect us. They they did not, me, they did not. And I couldn't talk back and I couldn't fight because that was the household rule. And wow. so, um, yeah, so after a year of it, you know, the, the name calling, the spitting and the tricking and the, the teacher saying, oh. if I don't see it, it doesn't count. After but so long, you 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 build up a resistance. Okay, this isn't going to happen the next time. So that's what happened. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry that you went through that. The oh, but I'm glad. It it really taught me a lot. It taught me a lesson in life. It taught me how to survive. Yeah. There were a lot of lessons in there, and it taught me how to treat people even the more. Wow. Uh, to to find gratitude or find it, I'm, gratitude in the midst of all of that is says a lot about your character, a whole lot about your character. <laughs> well, you either get better or bitter, and mm. at the age of eleven, you don't you don't want to get bitter because you don't learn how to to move through it, navigate through it to get better. 
I, I have an 11 year old daughter right now and I have a 15, almost 16 year old daughter. And I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm afraid that I would show up with an attitude. I mean, a bad attitude if that was happening to my daughter. I, 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 I don't know how, and I, I'm sure that your parents probably, there wasn't a whole lot they could do. No, they, they couldn't. They, it was, it was a system and it was the law and, but we navigated through it. The, the, the most important thing I'd like for the listeners to know is that my parents were very supportive, but their hands were tied and it was inevitable. We had to go through that to get to where we are today. We yeah. had to integrate the systems. We had to break the barriers, you know, and yeah. you know, well, oh, well, it was us, but somebody had to do it. Right. Right. And it was us. But as a result, if I'm allowed to say, as a result of the um, of the forced integration and the lack of, uh, I would say, good leadership in the school system, it caused me to act out. I mean, I really I flipped the next year I went to high school. And I was determined that nobody was going to call me another name. I was determined that nobody was going to spit on me. I was, I mean, I was just so determined. I went in fighting, which created another problem, a greater problem. So much so until I had this chemistry going on here, you've got this, this 12 year old that's in the middle of adolescence and, you know, integration and, and there was nowhere to run. So I became a fighter. You know, I, I didn't take names. I just whooped. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, I learned, and, and it, it literally, it got me, well, what happened was my mom knew that something was different. There were six of us and all of my siblings were honeydews. They, whatever my mom and my dad said, they did it. They were home before the sun went down. They were um, in place. They did their chores. By the seventh grade, I wasn't having any of it. And I began wow. to veer off. My life began to just spiral out of control. And yeah. um, my mom worked for some very good people. And so they recommended to her that you get counseling for Vanessa because my grades had plummeted. I was an honor roll student prior to going to the seventh grade after being there for a year. I was an honor roll student. You know, um, I had exhibited some excellent behaviors and skills. And my mom noticed that I had plummeted. And so my mom, in her efforts to get counseling for me, had to go to the courts. And the way you get counseling, they said, is you go to the courts and you file a petition against the child. And you say that the child is unruly and she isn't conforming and she's not doing what her parents say do. And then wow. the judge will bring you in. Yeah, it, it, oh, it was a horrible mess. I mean, you talk about being pushed out. That was the system. And she did not know that they would get me and keep me and send me to a reform school. She didn't know that. She just thought that the counselor would come to the house and they made two visits and that was it. You know, I have my youth records, so my juvenile records, so I'm, I'm able to, to follow their narrative. You know, they had already labeled me. My caseworker had already labeled me before I'd gotten a chance to live before anybody got to the bottom of the problem so um the issues it, were, were real i i but that's it, what it, happened. it amazes me 
that that there that that people i mean that's how do i say this um that's just stupid <laughs> i mean that, it's <laughs> stupid and ignorant like what in the heck that is crazy but it was the system you know they didn't there wasn't an answer I'm go. My mom went for help. My child was in trouble. You know, like yeah. my, my baby is bleeding. Somebody please help me stop the bleeding. Yeah. And yeah. this is okay. Yeah. Well, instead of us stopping the bleeding, we're going to grind her up and make her bleed some more. So that, that was the, the condition. And that was the sentencing of the judge. And she just said, okay, you're, you're going to be, we're going to send you away. We're going to make you a ward of the state. I became a ward of the state and I was released into the um, juvenile um, justice department of the state of Virginia. Oh and they pronounced God. that and sent me to a school called Janie Porter Barrett School for Girls. You know, yeah. It, where, it where, was, where was it? Was it out of town, a different town? Oh, my goodness. It was about four hours away from my home. It was in um, a place called Hanover, Virginia. Oh, my God. It was in Hanover, Virginia, three hours away from Virginia Beach. But it so, was, it, it, go on. Well, so you're, you're now 12, 12 years yes. old. Yes. Um, you're in, you're four hours from home. Your parents aren't there, right? They, they didn't move. I'm assuming. No, my, no, it doesn't work like that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like the penal system today. Oh you know, God. if you have a child that's locked up they're they're wherever they are and you do your best. But I will say this, I had a very, very good support system at home. My family made sure that someone came at least twice a month. To visit me, I, I had that that um, I had yeah. that relationship. I had that core group that made sure that things because my parents thought that I was in trouble, but they didn't think I was in trouble to that extent. No one expected what happened to happen the way it happened. Right. My mom just needed to get some help, you know. Wow. So, yeah, that, that is mind boggling. How now? How long were you there? How long did you have to stay in this place? <laughs> it, it was not a godforsaken place. It was really the best place for me wow. at that time in my life. I was there for a year, and I have um, I have my story is one that would mirror Joseph. I went there, and and I I I stayed in trouble. I I got in trouble. <laughs> I was a fighter, you know. I I would I would cuss and I would fight. And um, wow. so what, what happened was the staff, the employers, employees, they notice that there's something about this kid. This girl's got talent. She's got skills, but she has behavior problems. So after working on my behavior problems, they began to find out that I was talented. I could sing and I could speak. And so... I traveled for that school in Northern Virginia, some of the most prestigious churches in Richmond, um, in Hamilton County and Herico County, singing with an ensemble. And whenever there was a time to give a speech or recitation, they used me. So, you know, and, and one of the one of the highlights of, of my my stay there was one day, um, one of the um the superintendent called down to one of the houses. There must've been about 200 us on the campus and we all lived in dorms. And the superintendent called down to the house of duty that day. And it was on a Saturday. And Mr. Thomas Bynum was the, um, was the um, superintendent. And he said to Miss Williams, I need a girl to come up. I need you to send a girl up 
to the house to take care of the children. My wife and I have got to go into Richmond and we'll be gone for about three hours, but we need someone here. And so Mo Williams, um, I mean, joy of my life, little teeny lady turned around and said, Nessa, she couldn't call me Vanessa. Now, Mr. Bynum wants you to come up there to the house now. You've got to <laughs> use the bathroom here and don't get off that seat. Don't, don't get off that seat. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I went to the superintendent's house and I sat there with his children for three hours. And that was the day that I recognized that I had value. I, I didn't know how to put it this way as I'm saying it today, but I knew that I wasn't as bad as the people said that I was. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they, they nailed me to the cross, but I was different and I had issues. And the, wow. the thing that I'd like to close this part of my life with, the most important thing is I made it to the honor cottage. <laughs> Ken, the, the uh, every girl that made it to, it to the, the honor cottage. I made it to the honor cottage. The honor cottage, the honor cottage was a house, a place that girls that had exhibited good behaviors for six or seven months and that, you know, stayed on, on track. If you were that girl, then you had um, the privilege of being appointed to the honor cottage. Now the honor cottage was the kitchen cottage. But that meant that you got to wear a uniform, you got to learn how to cook, you you learned etiquettes, you learned skills in life. And, and there I learned vocational skills. I learned how to love myself. I learned how to love my country. I learned how to love my fellow man. And I was taught to love God. So those were the rules of Janie Porter Barrett. Those were, I don't wanna call them the rules, but those were the desires, her goal in life was to, once a girl was admitted to her system, when they were released, they would have skills to help wow. them navigate the rest of their lives and not get back in that situation again. So wow. that, the Janie Porter Barrett School for Colored Girls was um, the time of my life. That's what it was called? It was called, oh, it had three names. At first, it was the Wayward Girls Home. Then it was the Janie Porter Barrett Industrial School for Girls, um, for colored girls. And then it became, once Miss Barrett died, the state renamed it the Janie Porter Barrett School for Girls. And in 1965, the school integrated. But if you'll allow me to just go back, being that it's my childhood, yeah. back, back in the early early 1900s, there weren't any facilities for colored girls or black girls. They were, if they got in trouble, they were thrown into the um, penal system or into the jails with the adult women that had committed either murder or wow. theft or anything, uh, you know, and they were just thrown, but they had a place to South had a place. Virginia had a place for the white girls that had behavioral problems, but there wasn't a place for colored girls. So Miss Barrett, along with a group of other women, had to do something about it. And by the way, Miss Barrett was the first person to open a settlement home for colored people in Virginia. Wow. So, and she left the settlement home and then they bought property in Hanover County and they built this, this wonderful school for colored girls. I, I, I and, and like, I'm just sitting here going, in today's world, we don't we don't use we don't use that word that you keep that was part well, of the name of the school. 
we that was the name of the school and i'm yeah. using it to take you to that era that's what yeah. we were yeah i feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in that I'm, era now I, I, that's yeah. crazy to me yeah 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 wow. and for some of us it turned out to be a great move of life and some of us it wasn't but yeah. for me as i coming into this conversation it yeah. was it is a mirror of a joseph life to me wow so that that's how it worked so you, you, uh, so how long, how were you there? Like your entire, I was there year? a year. I was there a year and one month. Okay. Exactly. And then you a went back to Virginia beach, went back to Virginia beach and started eighth grade and started what were you, then you were going into eighth grade or ninth yes. grade, eighth grade. Yes. Okay. Yes. So when you got back to Virginia beach, <laughs> Um, the integration had been what two years now, maybe somewhere, but it was still as raw as a Ruta Baker. I, I was it gonna was, say, there's no way, I no, mean, it had yeah. not changed. In fact, it had it had gotten, if I'm allowed to use the word worse, it had it had really changed because you've got young people, you've got people with attitudes, everybody has an opinion and everybody has an attitude, and yeah. for the most part, everybody wasn't. I'm buying into the integration. It, it wasn't like, oh, happy day. You know, some wow. of us were fine the way we were, and some of us didn't want other people um, encroaching in our areas. So it 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 was really it was a difficult times. And Jeez. it and and one of the things that the courts didn't understand is when you when you rehabilitate a person and you don't and you don't do anything for the family then you're setting that child up to fail again because wow. all of that structuring, all of that, that time and all of the finances that the state used to re rehabilitate me or to, to redirect me. If you didn't bring my family up to date and if there weren't any counseling classes and no resources, then eventually I'm going to mirror what I'm seeing happening out there. Yeah. Right. You know, and it, it was, and the pressures became greater. I can't imagine. So, yeah. so you go back, um, the, 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 we'll call it the situation, <laughs> the situation. The oh, I'll go back home. Yes. Yeah. The situation at school though, hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse. You just went through a year of, 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 um, learning a different way. And, and, and how did it go? Like you get back there and things are worse. Did, did you start fighting again? Were you, were you, uh, I, Hey, you're, you're literally telling part of my life story. So I, <laughs> I, I, I know what you're, so did you, did you keep fighting? What happened? Well, first of all, let me say this to the statement that you just made. It was not a year wasted. It was it was the year that was invested that brought me to the point that I'm at today because it could have gone a whole lot of I mean, there were so many roads and yeah. this was the one that I that I uh, the path that I'm on, but I did not get better. In fact, I got worse. Mm. Um I was I was I was peer I was veered different. I was viewed different. Yeah. It was like, okay, well, she was a girl that went to reform school, okay? And so, therefore, automatically, reform school carried, um, it, it carried a stigma of, oh, she's bad now, you know? And, and then you have to live up to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, and for real, for real, this time, I ain't taking nothing off of nobody. 
for real, for right. real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was a child back then, but for real, for real, I ain't having it. So right. it escalated <laughs> and um, it, it created, I mean, I, I got involved in drugs. I mean, I, I mean, it was like, okay, okay, okay. What, what's going yeah. on here? And searching for my identity, who am I? Where am I? What's going to happen next? And things, and it's in the book. You'll have to get the book. But things yeah, escalated, yeah. and uh, and I'm still in this this spiraling effect. I'm still in this spiraling effect. So it took me a good maybe ten years to stop yeah. and 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 make an account, take an account of where I had been. Where, you know, it's almost like you know when a child is lost, they say, "Where was the last place you saw your mom?" And I literally had to go back to the last place that I was free. And the last place that I was free in my mind was at Janie Porter Barry's. The things that I learned, the discipline, the structure, those were the things learning to live in peace. Those were the things that I'd learned there. I didn't, you know, I was telling my story about six months ago and I told a lady, I learned on the outside. Now I was raised in a Christian home. My parents yeah. were God fearing and they loved the Lord. Yeah. Okay. And I learned how to cuss and I saw people cussing and fighting and they got their way. So I figured, well, I may as well cuss and fight and get my way. And it worked <laughs> for a season. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, so when you, you get to the point in life, you say, okay, what happened, Vanessa? I'm, I'm in a meltdown now. What, what happened, Vanessa? What, what, what happened? So my, my, my breakthrough, my, my major breakthrough, one night I, um, I OD'd. How old were you? And I lost my mind. I OD'd. Did you hear me? Yeah. I said, how, how old were you when this happened? I was about 21 okay. when I OD'd. Okay. And, um, I lost, I literally lost my natural mind. I, <laughs> Um, I dropped enough acid for four people one time and it just sent me in, into a zone. I mean, I just, it, it didn't hype me. It just shut me down and I lost a day. And the day that I remember pulling my thoughts together, I was in this hotel room and I was with a bunch of friends. We had gone to a business meeting and I was with a bunch of friends. And when I, pull myself together. They were talking about God. I'm thinking, okay. You know, we were talking about our businesses and I turned to the wall and I saw this man on the wall knocking at a door. And the man said, the day that you hear me knock at the door of your heart, heart and not, I'll come in and sup with you and you with me. Now, although I was raised in the church. I didn't know Bible verses to that capacity. Right. And if and if you know anything about about the church, Christian domes, we didn't teach revelation because it was taboo. People thought it was the end of the world. So they didn't they didn't understand it and they didn't teach revelation. So for right. me to see this on the wall and to hear this man, I knew that he was talking to me, but I didn't know what he was saying. Mm. I, I didn't get it. Right. And yep. so the room about this time, the room is filled with the fog. And it's like I'm doing one of these numbers. I'm trying to you know, trying wow. to wipe the fog out so that I can see and nothing is happening. The fall is just there. The fog is just there. And this lady comes through the fog and she says to me, would you now, now the lady did not look like my mother, but she had the voice of my mother. She okay. said to me, would you like 
to go to the ladies room. And I looked up at the man that was on the wall and I said, yes. So she took me, I followed her down the hall to the ladies room. I got in the ladies room and the ladies room at this time was all mirrored. It was the, it was the seventies, you know, everything was yeah. a mural. Yeah. And um, I saw the lady, but the lady disappeared. And I saw this other lady in the mirror. And the first time I can honestly tell you that I felt something was, I felt sorry for the lady in the mirror. I didn't know who she was, you know, I was in the bathroom and I didn't know who she was until I began to wipe my cheeks because the tears, I mean, there wasn't a bubbling in my, the tears just came rolling down my cheeks. And I looked in the mirror and that was me. Wow. And I didn't have a mourner's bench. I didn't have the mothers of the church. I didn't have a prayer band. I cried out to God. I says, God, if this is you and if this is real, forgive me for my sins. Now, there were three pressing things that I remembered while I was crying out to God. I had two children and I had a mother. And my first thought was, what is mother going to do? How is she going to handle this? I knew that something was wrong because my mom was always my go-to person. I knew something was wrong, Ken, but I didn't know what was wrong. Yeah. I did not know that I had just lost my mind. I did not know what was wrong, but something was wrong. And I saw my children and I saw my mom and I asked God to please, you know, protect my children. At six o'clock, that was a Sunday morning at Eight o'clock that Sunday morning, I went home to my mom's house and my mother and my brothers met me at the door. They were on their way out to church. I'm an adult, but I was at mother's house. Yeah. And my mother said to me, what are you doing? No, where have you been? And I said, I've been to all night church. I went in the house. There was this, of course, most families back in the day had a big Bible on the table for whatever yeah. the reasons were. But I opened yeah. up the Bible and I began to read it. Now, at this time. I've skipped one major component, important component. I was married and my husband was a heroin addict and uh, my husband, oh yeah, my husband was in rehab and he had to come home for court. And the deal that we had, it's in the book, the deal that we had, it was that whenever Bob wanted to see the children, I would take them to him or he would come and get them. Although we were separated, we were sensibly separated. We had children and they yeah. loved both of their parents. And so my husband said to me, um, I want to come and get the kids, but I want you to meet my pastor. And I said, your pastor? He said, yeah. Okay, you got a pastor now. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, he, takes me to meet, he takes me to meet his pastor. And I share with his pastor my experience. Now, his pastor at that time was John, the great John Jimenez, who was one of the most influential people in our lives. He took me to meet him and I shared with him what had happened. And he said to my husband and I, I'm going to have to get you kids up off of the streets because if I don't, the enemy will destroy you. He said, um, I'm going to have to send you all to Bible college. Bible college. Wait a minute. You know, I, we just got saved and my husband was in a rehab. So wow. that was on the 12th of January. He called us in for counseling on the 17th and he gave us this plan. On the 21st, my husband, the children and I went off from Virginia to um, Salisbury Center, New York, up near Utica. 
And wow. they put us in Bible college. And um, after being in Bible college for about um, six or seven days, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and a wow. complete transformation. All of that, you know, yeah, from being how, born. How from, old from, were, you, were you still 21? This this all happened in 30 days. January the oh. 3rd, 1976, I gave my heart to the Lord. January the 12th, my husband came home and we went to meet his pastor. January the 17th, um, the pastor counseled us. January the 21st, we were on our way to Pinecrest Bible College in Salisbury wow. Center, New York. And January the 30th, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh all of that goodness. in one month. That, wow. that, that was a whammy. But and then I stayed in school for a whole year. Wow. So, you know, you got, you know, you're in class five days a week, seven hours, six hours, mandatory chapel, mandatory Sunday. So that that but that was a good thing. And yeah. and it and it really and I never went back. I, I, meaning someone said to me, Well, did it get hard? Life gets hard. Did you ever want to No, because I lost my mind and I knew I knew what it was like to wander and not be able to grasp or think, who am I? What's going on? What have right. I done? It didn't right. even know my name. You know, I'm sitting here laying on his bed. I'm seeing this man knock at a door and then this fog fills the room and this lady comes out from nowhere that I've never seen before. Sounds like my mom, but doesn't look like my mom escorts me down to the ladies room and then she wow. vanishes. You know, so so, so, you know, so so this this January of nineteen seventy six, you said seventy six. Yes, yes. So January of nineteen seventy six. Um, it sounds like you had a m massive, massive um, paradigm shift, uh, at yes. least, um, and you started taking personal responsibility for your yes. life. Yes, and your and your I owned it. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's amazing. So yes. when, when you, um, so you, you were in Bible, how long were you in that Bible college? A year. Okay. One and year. then did you go back to Virginia? What, I where went back you... to Virginia beach Okay. and got involved in church, got involved, okay. um, in my, in my local church. Well, it wasn't my local, it was our church, rock church yeah. got involved yeah. and, um, became a minister of music. And began to sing and travel and um, do whatever it was that I did. And I did it well. And and the Lord blessed. And after that, I stayed in, in church for about, ooh, we were there for about five years. And then the Lord released us. And we went to a little community called Lebanon, Pennsylvania. That's where we started our first little mission. We started working with the youth. You see, the one thing that I, I need to say is although I was labeled, I knew that I wasn't bad. And and I, although I had gone through some portions of redemptive work, I still had to get rid of the badness. And I recognized yeah. other young people and families that had gone through similar things that I had gone through that were labeled and just pushed aside. So what we began to do was work with at-risk youth, struggling families, youth from the age of 12 to 21, men and women incarceration, men and women being released from incarceration and coming out and trying to make a life because we knew what it was like. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. we and, and the ultimate goal was we had to teach and demonstrate peace. 
Yep. Where's my time? Okay, I'm almost there. We had to demonstrate peace because the the pro a lot of the problems that's in my book, the internal issues in me, it 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 boiled over because things weren't right. Yep. And they weren't being addressed properly. Now, my parents did the best that they could, but then the government right. just threw me under the bus, it, literally, you know? Mm -hmm. So what happened was we began to work at the, um, we had to, <laughs> we, we started a little mission and then um, we became the Martin Luther King Family Life Center because we saw that there were three S's. You know, you didn't just need salvation, they needed soup and soap. You needed soup, soap, and salvation, and you needed to meet the people where they were. Everybody didn't want to know about Jesus, boy, because I can't witness to you. I can't feed you. My life, my actual feeding you is that witness. You understand Amen. what I'm saying? So then we, yeah. So then we got to the point that, okay, we were, we were always in jams. It was always violence. Yeah. So one of my mentors said, Vanessa, I think we need to go down this road. I think we need to just, you know, um, um, deal with the problem of walking in peace, you know, teaching people how to be kind, how to say things, how, how to render acts of kindness and, and build to the peace mode, you know, become the peace. And one day, the uh, true story, one day um, we, we were at the little church and the mayor of the city sent a carrier, her carrier for me, because we didn't have cell phones and there wasn't All a right. phone in the church, but they knew that every day that I would be um, every new Wednesday at noon that I'd be in that church. So they came and they found me. They said, the mayor wants to see you. So I said, okay. So um, I didn't wow. get in his car. I got in my sister's car and went to the mayor's office. And the mayor said to me, well, um, and then when I got there, all, it was it was filled with ministers, all these men with their cloaks on and they're, they're black and they're white and they were all ministers of churches in the community. So the yeah. mayor says, um, I called for you personally, um, Reverend Owens, and I need to say something to you. And she said, um, I need you, I, I need to let you and your congregation know that I'm going to protect you to every extent of the law, that I will not allow anything to happen to you. Okay. Well, wow. why? She said, I, I want you to hear it from me. She said, why? I just, issued, I, I just issued a permit for the Ku Klux Klan's to have a meeting on the courtyard steps. It's their right. And she says, and, and what I'd like to do is I'd like for you, Reverend Owens, to help me and the rest of the, the, the Christians, the churches in the community develop a day of unity. I'm going to put you in charge, whatever it is, whatever it is that you need or want. This community, now we're not going to come down here the day that they're having their rally, but this community is going to rally around each other. We're going to support each other and we're going to do it in peace. So we develop a plan. We develop a program and we, we, we tagged 40 days of peace. If we could learn on probation and trial to walk through triumphantly, yeah. then we would have accomplished more than picketing, more than standing out there where they were on the courtyards. We grew as a community and and we developed and we had, oh my God, it would be nothing for us to have a hundred youth on a Sunday morning wow. to come to the, you know, to the church because they knew that we were doing positive things and things wow. that made a difference. So, so you, you, uh, 
I, you know, you said something a minute ago and I, it, what's interesting is I had a, um, a conversation. I won't, I won't say who, but a, a family member, <clears throat> cause I, I have 19 years of, uh, by the grace of God, 19 years sober. And, okay. and, um, and, and, you know, I was, uh, <clears throat> we'll just say I was a hellion before that. Um, but I, you know, I, um, I was talking about recovery to this person, the recovery movement, right? And, and Alcoholics Anonymous saved my life. And I, and, and so this particular person says, I don't believe in all that because they say you got it. You get to choose the God of your understanding. (laughs) I'm like, do you not get it? Like people, people are messed up. They come in there. They they're atheists. They don't believe in God period. And, and so you're just going to push them to the side and let them die or let them go kill somebody else. And no, you love them until God gets through their shell. God will get through there, but you got to love them. You guys. And I, I, I hear that in what you're talking about. I see it in, in what you're talking about. And it, it touches my heart. It's amazing. Yes, it is. And 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 the last thing that I'd like to say is that it didn't. It it, it is not an osmosis. It's a journey. You, you yes. but you get to choose. You know, I remember at maybe twenty one or twenty, remembering where, where are you, Vanessa? What have you done? And and where was the last time you remember being on on course on path? And it took me back. The initial statement was that it was a year wasted. It was a year invested. Um, I got to tell you, that's a year invested in a young girl who would eventually find her way. I've had the opportunity to go back. I went back about 10 years ago and I found 25 staff that were there when I was a young girl. And I had a luncheon for them and I I had a celebration and an award ceremony for them. It was truly an awesome, awesome to show them. I remembered, you know, and and I'm appreciative of all they did because back in that day, they weren't they weren't correctional officers. They were house parents. And about three years ago, the state of Virginia invited me to be the guest speaker for the 100th anniversary and the. um, 100th anniversary of the institution and the announcing of a resolution for the woman that started the school. And it, that was an honor uh, to me, for me, you know, they, out of all the students, all the people, I just seem to have been one of those that showed up, but they came back, the state of Virginia invited me. So it's, it's quite a bit. So along the way though, uh, and I, I don't know if we skipped it or, but along the way, you you um, became a reverend. Um, yes. You you also, I'm assuming, got a PhD. Yes, I have an so, honorary um, honorary doctorate from Heath Missions Bible College. I was wow. in my master's class, and the um, Regis board that the, the 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 staff came together, and they decided that they wanted me to have a doctorate degree, an honorary wow. doctorate degree. You know, um, I've gone over the world as a peace activist. I've, I mean, doors wow. have opened and they just saw the work that I'd done and understood the involvement from Japan, Korea, South America, wow. Europe, 
Africa, all over the world as, as, as a peacemaker and, and being that light. So they decided to give me an honorary degree on top of my master's. So yeah, I'm good. That's awesome. I became wow. ordained back in 1982. My husband and I were ordained. Yes. Wow. For ministry. That is so amazing. So, you know, let's, so you, you, um, have a book that, uh, is it a new book or is it, is it, how long has it been out your book? It is my latest book. It is, it will be out a year in January. We okay. released this book last, you know, this January. And the title of the book is he did it once and he'll do it again. You know, all you've got to do is take a look at where you are and where you've been. God has been totally awesome to me and me. Uh, the least of them. If you look at my, it, through my journey and you'll see the things that I've had to overcome, most people would, and that, that's, that isn't even half of the story, but those are the highlights. Most people would have quit, given up, or just melted down, but God did it. God miraculously made provisions, miraculously healed, miraculously moved in our midst. God did it. And if he did it for me, not if he did it for me, but because he did it for them, he did it for me and he'll do it again for you. God will do it again for you. And if I might say I'm on my time down, um, my friend, my mentor, your friend, Mark Victor Hansen is my um, mentor and I'm involved in masterclass with him. And he gave me a book of his and it's called The Miracle of Tithing. For yeah. everyone that purchases a copy of my book, he will donate, will give them the ebook on tithing free. So that's that's, that's the takeaway. And, and that, he's an amazing all... guy. And he, and oh, he's... He, he says, I'm sorry. Mark says, all you have to do is ask. He and his wife just released this awesome book, the first of the year. And when yeah. you look at the principles, when you look at ASK, the word says, ask, seek and knock. He says, at Matthew 7, 7 through 8, it says, he that, that asks receives. If you knock yeah. on the door, open, you know, and if yeah. you seek, you'll find. So all yeah. you have to do is ask. And I reached yeah. out and I asked for help and he's helping. Yeah. So where is, uh, hey, Charles. Charles is such a good man. Um, he's buying your book. So it's at the book is at Vanessa McCoy Owens.com. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. So Charles is picking up a copy of it. So is it on Amazon as well? It is not yet. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, so I think we have a, a severe internet delay maybe on, on, on your side. You keep freezing up. I'm not sure if you see that or not. Um, but you are, we've been able to hear this the entire time. You are, you've been through, I, I've never, I've ne I told you early on, I've never, never met anyone that actually went through the integration that you went through as a child and, and, and how you came out on the other side of all of that insanity is, is just amazing to me. And your, your spirit, your, you radiate, 
you radiate joy from your face. It's just like, so I, I love that. I <laughs> love you. that. Amazing. Thank you. So I, I really would like everybody to go over to Vanessa McCoy Owens. If somebody would type that into the comments, that would be awesome. Um, to, so it's, and if you put it in the comments with the WWW in front of it, it'll be clickable for other people to be able to click there and go right over to the website. So let me ask you a, a couple of questions that has to do with, um, helping people have a breakthrough. What do you think in your opinion, Vanessa holds people back in life from, um, experiencing a couple of things. Number one, financial abundance. I, I don't care what anybody says. It's it the you know Zig Ziglar used to say, you know, folks, money isn't everything, but it ranks right up there with oxygen. <laughs> I love that. Um yes. You know, but what do you think stops people from receiving or attaining financial abundance and real freedom and, and joy in life? Uh, in the book, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's it's one thing. I, I think it's a combination of things. You've got to know that. When do you receive? When, when, when do you receive? And I'm talking about a need now. Jesus, when do you receive the moment you believe? You, you receive and you said, but I've been believing and I'm praying. Then don't stop. Because in the book, I talk about miraculous happenings, how how God took a two hundred and seventy five dollar credit card and 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 turned it into ten thousand dollars in 20 minutes. You know, go to the bank tomorrow and get the ten thousand dollars. Keep your house from going into foreclosure. How the IRS had seized our accounts and some way somebody put four thousand dollars in the account and we were able to get it. We believed our way through it. It, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't one of those things that I have a, a fix on. But I believe with all of my heart, that if God said it, then that settles it. And if he doesn't show up, that's on him. Amen. You remember there's a passage of scripture where Moses told the Lord God wanted to destroy the children of Israel. And Moses said, hey, dude, these are your people. How's it going to look? You brought them out here and, and you left them hanging? No, he's not going to do that. Sometimes the things that we're wanting, not needing, sometimes the things that we're wanting isn't in that time. I'm um, space. Yeah. But believe this, the, you know, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and it adds no sorrow with it. And beloved, above all, I would that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. What is prosperity? When you redefine that, it's not having five, five Porsches and 16 houses. That's not prosperity. You know, not for the believer. So you need to define what is it that you're after? We're in this building process and, and we've had to stop. Believe God the more because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's got it. He, there is no printing press in heaven, but he'll redeem through the hearts of men. And they'll bring that money. People, you know, while we're trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. It yep. takes money for ministry. Every soul costs millions. There's no yeah. joke about it. The book that I um, wrote, the book that I released, um, the last book that I released, um, God did it. He did it once and he'll do it again. Proceeds from that book will go to the Martin Luther King Family Life Center and it will enable us 
to share and to spread the program of four days each in communities. It's making a difference. It takes money. Nothing is free. Salvation is free, but discipleship costs. I hope Amen. I answered that correctly. You answered it the way that it was supposed to be answered for you. And I, I'm, I Thank always, you. you know, I think that, um, and you are the, um, epitome of, of what I'm getting ready to say. You know, I, I, I wrote in my first book that, that, um, you know, pain is the predecessor of all wisdom and, and, yes. and, and you certainly have experienced enough of that. And you came out on the other side with an amazing amount of, of wisdom. And, and again, I'll point out the joy and happiness that you, you exude. So, so Vanessa, I want to say thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and sharing um, your joy and sharing your book with the world. Everybody go over to Vanessa McCoy Owens.com. My wife typed it in the comments. Thank you for that. Um, so click on that, go over and, and pick up a copy of the book and you'll also receive an on a complimentary copy um, PDF version of um, Mark Victor Hansen's book on tithing and um, Mark is one of my dearest friends in the world, him and Crystal. Um, and that book is amazing. And, and I, I, yes. I'm very familiar with that book that, that, that you'll be getting for free. So um, go over right now to v Vanessa McCoy Owens, pick up a copy of her book and, and um, support this wonderful lady. And everybody make sure you're following her on Facebook as well. Is there anywhere else you'd like people to follow you, Vanessa? I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. Okay. So make sure you're following her on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you so much. My wife says, thank you. You are a force. And that is the truth. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. So, yes. Thank you for being here. Everybody go over and follow Vanessa. Pick up a copy of her book. And we will see you all later. Vanessa, hang on for me. Thank you all so much. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Peace.